Good morning, everybody. My original plan was to speak about this pericope today, the gospel passage, the road to Emmaus, as a model of accompaniment and formation. A lot of it inspired by a talk that Pope Francis gave to the bishops at World Youth Day in Rio of 2013, something that I really suggest all of you to read. Sort of looking at the, the five main moments that I saw in the gospel. As Christ encounters the disciples by drawing near to them, dialoguing with them, asking questions, listening to them, his solidarity with them, and walking very patiently those seven miles together into the darkness and the setting sun, the respect he shows to them by never coercing, but always respecting their freedom to respond, and finally the move towards communion, not only in the Eucharist, but returning them to Jerusalem and the heart of the church. And also how we can take this and model it in the parish, not only with parishioners who are there, but those maybe who have drifted away from the faith. But there was something that just wasn't working. There was something that was missing. And so I got an inspiration this morning and decided to call an audible, taking the whole homily, chucking it, and going in a completely different direction. And the thing for me that was the struggle was this. Here are these disciples. They're walking along with Jesus, but they don't know it's the Lord. And here he is demonstrating what a profound exegete he is, interpreting the whole entire scriptures. You can imagine, what are these disciples thinking? Who is this dude? How does he know all of this stuff? Where is he coming up with it? Did they think that he was wrong? Did they not understand what he was saying? Did they think he was crazy? Because the key is they didn't know it was Jesus. But yet here, he was explaining all of these things to him. Now granted, we could say that there was, their eyes were closed because Jesus didn't want them to understand. But I think also, in looking at their attitude, their despondency, and the fact that things didn't turn out the way they thought they would, is that maybe there was a hesitancy to listen holding on to their downcast nature, wanting to more complain among themselves, a reluctance to have that genuine metanoia, to have their mind changed according to how God chose to save us, rather than how they thought it would turn out. And even more so, why did it take so long for them to realize what was going on? And as I was reflecting and praying on this question, what really came to mind was my time in the seminary back in the 90s, and how the attitude that I could imagine these disciples had was the attitude that I had, and I think a lot of my confreres, a suspicion of my formators, of the teachers, of those who were put in charge of my formation. Granted, it was the mid-90s. There was a right to be suspicious. There were some weird things going on. But I realized that for so many years, in fact, all six years, 
I remained at a critical distance, along with a number of us. A hesitancy to believe what was taught and getting into actual fights and debates with some of the Dominicans over at the Angelicum in class, often thinking that I knew better. Along with that, when it came to formation and an unwillingness to truly be vulnerable, to reveal myself, always wanting to talk amongst the other seminarians about what was wrong. And over time, of course, I think it spilled over to my superiors, not trusting my pastor, thinking my bishop is wrong about different things. It was really hard to see Jesus present there and all of my formators' imperfections. And so in reflecting on that, I realized that I was, during the course of my time in the seminary, like the disciples in the gospel, placing myself outside of Jerusalem, walking towards Emmaus, towards my own vision of what formation and the church and the seminary ought to be like, walking away from what was given to me by the church and by the seminary in which I was being formed. But the real key, though, for me, was then going to the parish. My first parish assignment in those first years, not only as a vicar, but then as a pastor, because now the roles are changed. I was the formator. I was the teacher. And it freaked me out because the people were so willing to be formed, so willing to listen. I remember the first time this couple came to me asking my opinion, and I'm thinking, I'm a 27-year-old idiot. I don't know what I'm doing, and you're listening to me? It was profoundly humbling. Not only their desire to learn, but their vulnerability. I don't even know you, and you're telling me the worst things about your life, and you're looking for advice for me. And over the years, people so willing to seek not only insight, but revealing their heart and mind, and wanting you to listen, wanting you to ask questions. And the reason was I came to realize that although I was a 27-year-old idiot and I'm a 50-year-old idiot now, people saw Jesus in me. They saw beyond my imperfections, they saw beyond my foibles, and they were able to see the Lord working through me. And so as a result of that, a bond of trust was easily able to be formed. Not only in that first parish, but in all the subsequent parishes I was in, particularly in my ministry to college students. Because there, it was almost an implicit childlike trust. Father, teach us, form us. We want to be good Christians. We want to be good Catholics. There was a desire to be formed, to be accompanied. And over time, I realized that trust that the parishioners put in me, that most parishioners are going to put in you as a priest, began to change my heart. It was that being trusted that changed my heart. And over time, those walls of suspicion that had built up during my time in the seminary began to crumble. We might say that Jesus just chose to walk right through him as he does today in the gospel.
It was like the disciples who had been walking with Jesus, but it wasn't until the end. It wasn't until hindsight when all the pieces could come into place and to see, although things weren't perfect, Christ was there in my professors. Christ was there in my teachers all the way long. And I was able to see the gift of that and to mourn the ways that that hermeneutic of suspicion that I had developed had stopped me from really allowing myself to be formed into the priest that Christ wanted me to be. A priest formed in Jerusalem, not in Emmaus. That's the difference. And this, as a result, though, that being trusted made me a better priest, and I think helped me to better accompany others in the parish. Realizing how important it is not just to tell people what the church teaches, but to ask questions, to do my best to listen to whatever they had to say, to walk with them in their journeys, not trying to guide it, tell them, this is where you need to be going, why are you going in that direction? you got to get back to Jerusalem. But we, being willing to slowly walk with them even into the sunset, into the darkness of their lives, but still, as the Good Shepherd, always knowing eventually we got to get back home, we have to get back to Jerusalem, we have to get back to the Father's house. And so as a result, It was the sheep trusting me as the shepherd that taught me how to better accompany others, but it made me a much better priest and a much better pastor. And so bringing this all together and sort of trying to make it somewhat more applicable here, realize that Emmaus in this passage today becomes a model for accompaniment in the parish, without a doubt, but also for formation in the seminary. Teaching the seminarian, they must cast off this hermeneutic of suspicion, the walls that we tend to put up, and allowing ourselves to be accompanied, to be formed, to trust those who have been put in charge of us. A call to myself as internal formator, but hopefully to other formators, that we have responsibility to draw near, to ask questions, to walk along, and to not give up and try to help the seminarian discern the will of the Lord in their life. But here's the thing. This relationship, as it is in the parish, also, I think, exists in a certain reciprocity in the seminary. Not only does the formator teach and guide, but by allowing yourself to be a trusting individual and to trust formators, we become better formators. We become better priests, not trying to always beat down the wall or trying to say, reveal yourself. But hey, wait a second, I am trustworthy. You're willing to listen and we can walk together. So the great mystery, the great paradox is, if this is done properly in the parish and in the seminary, it is the formatee, or the individuals who are being formed or guide or taught, who actually form the formators. The sheep leave their smell on the shepherd. It goes both ways. 
But the truth is, regardless if it is in the parish, or regardless if it is in the seminary, it must be done in Jerusalem, not in Emmaus. Within the walls of the community, within the broader walls of the church, and centered around the breaking of the bread, the great gift of Christ's body and blood, which indeed forms the true communion in the church. Amen.